You're listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of SermonCast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. Abundant life. Abundantly blessed. Abundantly rich in the spirit. Abundantly fed by the word of God. Abundant life. You know, in the context of the, of the kingdom of God, the idea of abundance suggests a very different way of seeing things and perceiving things than the world sees them. You know, the world says there's not enough of this. The world says we just lack too much over here. The world says that everyone needs to sacrifice well-being and, and, and personal liberty to make up for the inevitable uh, shortfalls of, of, of resources available in this world. Abundant life in Christ says nonsense. In the arms of your God and Savior, there is always enough. Can I have an amen? Y'all aren't very good at this, are you? Can I have an amen? amen. That's good. Y'all getting it? We'll get you there. Sorry. (laughs) You know, if you ever need a reminder of that truth, all you have to do is open up your Bibles to the uh, Psalms and start reading. There are all kinds of of little jewels that you will find there, like Psalm 1611 that says, "You'll fill me, you, you fill me with joy in your presence, with the eternal pleasures at your right hand." Or, or, or chapter 18, verse, six, uh, verse 19, that says, He brought me a, uh, into a spa- spacious place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. They will spend their days in abundance, Psalm 25, verse 13 says, and their descendants will inherit the land. Uh, 34.10 promises that even when the lions grow weak and hungry, those who seek the Lord will, go, will lack no good thing. And Psalm 36, man, this is a good one. It touts the infinite value of God's unfailing love, saying, people take refuge in the shadows of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. You start to sense a a little bit of a theme versus, right, maybe one of abundant joy and fulfillment. And, And listen, you know, Psalms aren't the only place in the Bible that uh, talks about the abundant life, not by a long shot. In fact, it is one of the more common themes in the New Testament. You know, when John the Baptist laid down the, the, the foundations of the gospel saying, repent for the, the kingdom of God at hand is at hand, he was pointing us towards the fact that, 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 that Jesus, his appearance in the flesh, was a game changer for a broken reality where it's always, it always just seems like it's lacking, like there's not enough. 
And then Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It was an invitation, y'all, to, to let go of the world's corrupted version of, 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 of scarcity and, and come to embrace a kingdom-minded worldview, one where God's abundance reigns and the world's burdensome yokes are stripped of their hold over, over your life, freeing you freeing you to experience God's plenty in all its fullness. That, my friends, is why it's called the good news. Amen? Getting better. You know, one of the things I love so much about my job as a pastor is that no matter how bad things get, no matter how terrible the situation may be, whether it's coming face to face with death or, or maybe going through in a contentious divorce or, or finding oneself you know, trapped in insurmountable death, dead or, 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 or falling into a deep depression that seems like you'll never be able to escape from no matter how bad it gets, no matter what forces of evil Come to bear on a person's life, there is always, always good news. Always good news. And the good news of the kingdom of God come near is that the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, wants to satisfy our hearts with agape love and songs of joy and blessings. He wants to fill your life. And he wants to fill it abundantly. How do I know that? Because he said so, right? That's what he said at the end of that verse, that, that passage I just read. I came to give you life, give it abundantly. You know, as I was preparing for this message, and, and you know, Psalm 23 came to mind, and I thought about how so many people tend to think of of, of Psalm 23 is little more than a, you know, a great funeral text about facing death without fear. And, and it is that. But, it, but it's, it, it's so much more than that. Psalm 23 is one of those, is one of those places in the Bible that, that points us towards the abundant life in Christ as it boasts of us lacking in nothing for those who who look to Jesus as their shepherd. It sings of assurances that, that, that our cups, uh, the cups of the faithful are constantly being filled to overflowing and that goodness and love are following them all the days of their lives. And best of all, best of all, Psalm 23 reminds us that as children of God, we get to, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, if there's better news than that, if there's better uh, examples of the abundant life in Christ than that, I'd like you to show it to me. That is good news. Amen? But guess what? The biblical message of abundance is not, now listen to me, it is not about giving uh, believers some false sense of security. Right? We, we can't just stuff away what God gives us in some spiritual bank account somewhere and, and save it for a rainy day. God has a purpose 
for the abundance he provides. And it involves responding abundantly to his grace. Right? You know, I know I'm not telling you guys anything new, but when I say that there's nothing we can do that merit that will merit God's grace, right? That, that's the foundation of our Protestant faith. Grace is free, it's immutable, and there's nothing we can do to earn it, and there's nothing we can do to, to make God take it back. Period. Having said that, we can reject it. We can turn away from God and allow our hearts to become cold and indifferent to his presence in our lives. So much so, in fact, that, 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 that it can lead to eventually relinquishing the, the hold of God's grace over our lives. And, and here's what I mean by that. You know, this works... In, in, in our lives as well. You know, have you ever known anyone, you know, who was a taker in life? I mean, everybody knows them, right? Take, 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 take. Never give anything back. Well, first of all, how does it make you feel when it's you they're taking from? Not very well, I'm, I'm imagining. And, and one of the ironic things about being a taker is that even if, maybe especially if you, the giver, right, never show anything but graciousness in return for being taken advantage of, eventually the taker is going to come to seize that generosity with suspicion, right? How could anyone give all the time and expect nothing in return? It is the nature of taking that, that the concept of giving without expectation is impossible to grasp. In the taker's eyes, everyone is a taker. And what happens is, is that those suspicions e eventually will turn into doubt. And friends, that, that's when that one that's when is, becomes only too happy to step in and, and take advantage of things, right? He, he's, he's that little voice in a person's head whispering those fatal untruths that affirm all those doubts and suspicions and, 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 and those things eventually turn into uh, a, a animosity, even outright um, hostility towards others, towards the person in front of them. And friends, that's, that's when relationships become broken. And it works the same with God. If all we do is take, take, take from God all the time, it will eventually lead to, to a real damage to our relationships with God, not because of any effect it has on God. We can't do anything to change God. It's, it's what happens to our heart when all we do is take. That's where so many folks these days get it so wrong. You know, folks who, who call themselves Christians, right, they opt for what, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a famous guy who gave everything, he called it cheap grace. Right? Folks live, give lip service to service to their to surrendering their lives to Christ, but they never show any real uh, evidence of transformation in their lives. Indeed, just the opposite. They allow their their lives to constantly be 
influenced by the world, right? Instead of being the, the transformative uh, elements to the society around us that we're called to be as Christians, right? That, that's kind of part of the, the problem with the church today. All across, forget the UMC, all across the spectrum. It's allowed itself to become transformed by the society rather than it being the transformative element in society. And friends, that is a dangerous path to take in life and why it's so important for the Christian to respond abundantly to the good news of abundant life in Christ. It's what, it's what keeps us grounded in our faith. Right? Okay, pastor, but what does that mean? You know, how, how does someone go about responding abundantly to abundant life in Christ? Good question. Thanks for asking. So this is one of the places where, where my, my love for, for, for Methodism and, and being a, you know, a Wesleyan uh, you know, kicks into high gear because John Wesley, right, the founder of our great faith, gave us this great formula or method, if you will, for working out how we, you know, how, how we do just that, right? How, 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 do we, how do we respond abundantly to this promise of abundant life? And, and he gave us this formula, and it's, it's, to, 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 it's called what, you know, a means of grace, right? Raise your hand if you've heard that term before. Awesome. Yeah, what does it mean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Essentially, the means of grace are, are things that we as Christians do that, that bring us closer to, to God, closer to Jesus. Things like reading and studying the Scriptures, worshiping together like we're doing this morning as a Christian family, prayer, feeding the, the poor, clothing the, the naked, caring for the widows and orphans, sharing the love of Christ with the world around us, giving abundantly even when the world doesn't give back. And I know, you know, a lot of people will hear a message like that and find it so difficult to respond with an overabundance of love and giving to a world that embraces scarcity and resists giving anything back to it. But frankly, if, that, if that's you or if that's someone here, you feel that way because you haven't actually tried this before. The truth is, the more we do that, the more we... We do our best to respond abundantly to God's abundant love and grace in our lives. And, and the more we try to practice the means of grace by giving freely of ourselves to the world around us, the more that we grow in our relationship with Jesus. And guess what happens when we do that? And folks will start seeing the image of Christ in us and reflected through us, and, and, and they want some of that, right? I know a lot of y'all out there, you've been asked to share the love of Christ at times, and you know, how do I do that? Live it. Best way you can share the love of Christ is to live the love of Christ in everything you do. And folks will want, want some of that. They'll want to know, you know, how you can be so generous to that dude who's so nasty to you in the office every day. 
They'll see you share a smile with some grumpy old cashier that, that they want to slap, frankly, right? And wonder how you can do it. How do you manage to respond to rudeness with a loving smile and a word of grace? There's a, there's a big intimidating word and concept that preachers talk about that tends to scare the bejeebers out of Christians, right? Sanctification. Y'all have all heard the word. You probably are like, oh, no, here he goes. But you know, truth is, guys, it, it's, it's not all that scary when you understand what sanctification really is. All sanctification is is the journey that we take in embracing the abundant life in Christ. It is, in its simplest form, Nothing more than our ongoing walk with Jesus and his work in, in us through the Holy Spirit to bring us closer to him and his Father. Bring us closer to God. That's all sanctification is. That's really all holiness is, right? Holiness is just being of Christ by faith in Jesus. A little secret. The bottom line for me is that that's what I, and, and, and I think I speak for Valerie, that's what we are looking for in whatever church we eventually land in. I want to join the folks there, wherever there is, in, in that sanctifying walk of growing in God's abundant love in our lives and in the lives of the community around us, reaching as many as people as we can with the love of Jesus. Can I have an amen? amen. Now y'all getting it. Because that's what the local church is all about, isn't it? You know, even in the mess that's been going on in the bigger church, it didn't stop y'all, did it? No, indeed. Because the job... Of, of Christians is to respond to God's abundant love by joyfully and abundantly making disciples of Jesus Christ and teaching us. The great in concert with the great commandment, that is the essence of abundant life in Christ. And because Friends, because God's invitation to abundant life is open and ongoing and, 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 and something that we need to respond to, but because that is an ongoing, it's something we need to respond to always. You know, sometimes we need to do it over and over again. And, and, and because that's true, because we all need to be part of that, that, that surrender, I'm just going to issue an invitation this morning. It's, you know, this is something you ought to hear every week, right? Maybe you've heard something that just says to you today, you know, I, I need to rededicate my life with Christ. I, I need to get back to the basics. I, you know, maybe you've, never, maybe you've never responded to Christ. I don't know. I don't know, you know how many people are here are new today. You're all new to me. <laughs> but I can tell you this. And whether you come forward or you do it in your seat and do it in your heart, um, there is nothing I... Would, would feel more privileged to do than to pray with you, to pray for you, to pray over you, and celebrate that rededication of your life to Christ, or maybe the, celebrate the fact that you're coming for the first time. You're coming to say, Jesus, take 
my life now and let it be everything you want it to be. You've been listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hole United Methodist Church. If you enjoyed this message, consider sharing it with a few friends. Remember to visit us at hopeholeumc.org sermons and subscribe to get notified when new content is posted. Thanks for listening.